0: Uh, John chapter 6, verse 28. And when you have it, can I please get an amen, a loud amen. Amen. And I think it'll be up on the screen, if you don't have a Bible. I do recommend that you have a Bible, and not just have it, but actually read it. Um, And at any time, if you have questions about the Bible, you can come to me and ask. If I don't have the answer, then we'll ask God together. And then he'll teach us. All of us have the Holy Spirit, amen? Amen. Amen. And all of us can be taught by him. That's right. You don't need a man to teach you necessarily. It's good to learn from others. But at the end of the day, we need the Holy Spirit to speak to us. So with that said, John chapter 6, verse 28. We're going to read until verse 40. Praise God for reading the Bible. Actually... Let's start at 26. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly I say to you, You seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, They, the Jewish people said what shall we do that we may work the works of God highlight that verse so we'll come back to it highlight the next verse Jesus answered and said to them this is the work of God that you believe in him who sent me therefore they said to him what sign will you perform then <laughs> that we may see it and believe you what work Will you do? I love that Our fathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written He gave them bread from heaven to eat Then Jesus said to them Most assuredly I say to you Moses did not give you the bread from heaven but my father gives you the true bread from heaven For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Let's leave it there for today. Let's leave it there. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for speaking to us. We ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit may just use my mouth, and we thank you, Lord, for the hearts that are being open to your word, and the minds, Lord. You will inscribe these beautiful words in our hearts, and we thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. Brothers and sisters, um, today's message is called, You Are What You Eat. Amen, isn't that cool? You are what you eat. (laughs) Um, well, most of us have heard that saying, you are what you eat, but I think it has never been more real when we have a relationship with God. It's interesting that Jesus Christ, as he's walking with his disciples and he's performing miracles left and right he comes into a situation in this particular chapter of the bible where there's some people that are hungry for food actual food and these people have come to jesus because jesus has been healing them from sicknesses he has been casting out demons he has been uh making the blind see and and letting the deaf hear by the power that has been given to him through the Father. And there's a, a crowd of people that are following him around. And they've been with him pretty much all day. And it says that it was 5,000 women. So there was men and children there. So we can imagine that there was probably fifteen to 18,000 people there. And the disciples come to Jesus Christ. And the disciples are very worried. They say, Jesus there is a lot of people here and they're all hungry and we have no food to give them and he says well what do you have well we have uh these small amounts of meal that we can try to to give to these fifteen thousand people but we just don't have enough lord and he says we'll have everyone sit down and we're going to feed them and the lord begins to pray and give thanks to the father which is really interesting He doesn't necessarily ask the Father and says, Lord, can you multiply this bread and these fishes? He just gives thanks for what God has provided. And with faith, those things begin to multiply. And He's able to feed thousands upon thousands of people. And as they're feeding the people, uh, the disciples notice that there's food even left over and this miracle is such an amazing miracle because you can imagine a big group of people like, like a stadium full of people, uh, a, a humongous multitude being fed by the faith that was in Jesus Christ because of, he knew the Father that had sent him. And so he begins to feed the people, they begin to eat, they begin to have meals with the Lord, they begin to enjoy a time with Jesus Christ, and God provides that meal for them which is so amazing. And then they ask him a question that I I think we should highlight in our lives, that we should see for our own selves and our own hearts, 28 they say what shall we do that we may work the works of God it's a lot of working going on there they're saying Lord uh, Jesus what do we need to do to do what God wants us to do it's a lot of doing that they're asking to sometimes in life, brothers and sisters, we ask God, you know God, what do you want us to do? What more can I offer you so that I can be good with you? And Jesus is saying there is nothing that you can actually do to be good. What you can actually do in the work of God, He shocks them because the Israelites are used to doing sacrifices with animals And all these things, and they call those the works of God. And so they're asking Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, what works do we need to do? And sometimes in life, I think we go through life and we get problems, and we get worries, and we get pressured by life, and we think, Lord, what more can I do? That's right.
1: And the Holy Spirit, as He was, you know, uh, speaking to me about these passages,
0: He begins to just. Reveal to me what the truth about jesus is you see jesus didn't come to ask you for anything that's right jesus came to give you everything that's right, that's right that's you right. see our work goes in vain it goes in vain if we are not believing in jesus christ so that's the answer that he gives him in the verse 29 he says this Well, you need to just stop and you need to start fasting. You need to, to do more church. You need to worship, lift your hands more. You need to jump. I don't see you jumping. I haven't seen you cry in like two weeks. What happened last Sunday? You fell asleep. You did so much more that he could have said in that moment. But he said one thing. He said, you must believe. Matt, Matt. You From us. And now I have to trust someone that I cannot see, that I cannot audibly hear, and that I cannot necessarily physically touch. Now I gotta believe. And some people think that the the, the believing and the faith thing is, is just, you know, words and it's just so easy to do, but no, it's easy to do words, it's harder to believe. A lot of people have religion. A lot of people go to church. Doesn't mean they necessarily believe. When you believe in Jesus, you believe in what He believes. You believe in what He has done. You believe in what He preached. You believe in the Father that that sent Him. You believe in the Holy Spirit that He said that would come his resurrection you believe in the values of jesus christ you believe in the morals of jesus christ you believe in the truth who is jesus christ you see believing is not just knowing that some guy existed 2000 years ago no believing means that i am jesus christ because he lives inside of me Christ, that I walk as the Son who is Jesus Christ, that Amen. I am his little boy, his little child, and I'm walking on this earth like how he walked 2,000 years ago. That's what's believing Amen. in Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. Believing is a word that is so misused nowadays. Right. You know, I'm a Lakers fan. Yeah. We're praying for the Lakers, Lord <laughs> And there's people that believe in Kobe Bryant. They think next year for sure we're gonna win a ring. I'm the same age as Kobe Bryant. I know we're not in the same shape. I'm better looking, but he's in better shape. But people believe Kobe's back. He's back, and
1: you'll see.
0: And there's fanatics like crazy, you'll know. But it's Kobe, though. You know, that nobody's holding his hurt, no, but it's Kobe, though. And they believe, and they use that word believe so just easy. But I have news for you Kobe Bryant may, may not get us the ring, but Jesus Christ got us the crown. Amen. Jesus Christ has gotten us to come on, give up a hand for that. It's for God Jesus got us the crown, the crown. And now we we gotta rely on number one, jersey number one, Jesus Christ. Because if we don't rely on him, then that means we're gonna rely on ourselves. And we're gonna continue to rely on other people. And other people are going to fail us. Right. And you're going to fail yourself. You're going to want to do good things. But then because you're, you're, you're relying on your own strength, you're not going to be able to. That's why Jesus and believing in Him is so important. It's so important. But it goes deeper than that now. It goes deeper than that because these Israelites, these, for lack of a better word, these, these dummies, In verse 30, and sometimes we can be those dummies, they say, what sign, after he says, this is the work of God, that you believe in Him who He sent, me, believe in me, they say, so Jesus, so what sign will you perform then? Because you're telling me to believe in you, but I don't see any signs in order for me to believe in you. I don't see any fun That's right! But it starts with that, simply, I believe you, Jesus. I I believe you. And because I believe, I want to do what you tell me to do. In your word, in my heart, I want to believe. Amen? Amen. Then Jesus, then they say to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? Hey, Jesus what work will you do? I'm thinking he just fed them. He just gave them food out of nowhere. You got have- and believe that he is good and that his love endures forever. And so they ask him, what work will you do? And then, they do the ultimate insult. They compare him to their fathers in the past. Have you ever been compared to someone? Mm -hmm. I remember my mom used to, she's not here, she's in Guatemala, I can talk about her. (laughs) Remember my mom used to compare me when I was young to this boy named Beto, which I didn't like back in of the day. Hated him. He was the good kid, and I was the bad kid. Look where I'm at now, son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I love Beto. But my mom would be like, how come you're not like Beto? Is that a funny name How come you're not like Beto? You see he he loves going to church. Look at how he dresses, he tucks his shirt in and everything. And he's a good kid, he pays attention in class. And I'd be like, Mom, I hate Beto. He's a nerd, he's boring. <laughs> She'd be like, yeah, but he's a good kid. And those comparisons, you know, that sometimes they can hurt you. When they compare you, man, why can't you be more like, like Danny, like, man, he's just like praying for people. And like, he's so like, anointing. Like, why can't you be more like that? Why can't you be more like why can't you sing like Jesse sings? Like why can't why can't you write like Andrew writes? Like, man, come on, like you can do better. Comparisons hurt. That's right. Because you are unique and individual. Don't compare yourself to the next person. Amen. Right. Do not. Because you have your own process, you have your own walk, you have your own way that God is dealing with you. Don't look at the person next. God is dealing with you, and you don't look at the person and say, Come on, you gotta catch up. No, that's their own process, that can be their own individual with God and pray for them Man, and encourage them and say, right. You can do better. The comparison hurt. So they compare Jesus and they say, Jesus, our fathers in verse 31, our fathers ate manna in the deserts as it is written. Sometimes you got to read the Bible slow. This is not Jesus speaking. This is the people. Somebody stood up and said, "Hey, let me. I got this. Let me talk to Jesus real quick." (laughs) And they said this to him. To me, this is insulting. Listen to the words. Let's read it slowly, okay? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written to God. To Jesus, hey, hey! As it is written, I know the Bible, Jesus. I know the word. As it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. You didn't do that, Jesus. You multiplied the fishes and the bread. It didn't come from heaven. Our fathers gave us food from heaven. You didn't do that, Jesus. So we don't believe you all the way. Mm. Mm. You gotta read the Bible slow sometimes and taste it. It's good for you. Some of you are not even going to eat after this you're going to be so full. Come on. <laughs> Put it back up, please. Our fathers ate the manna. Kevin was telling me yesterday that mamma, this is funny, it means, what is it? No, that's what it means. What is it? Because they didn't know what it was, so they're like, hey, you got some what is it? <laughs> Let's get some what is it. Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Man. How many times have we looked at Jesus and said, hey, you're not doing enough. You could do more, Lord. Come on. You can do more. And Jesus is saying, man, like, I just, the, the bread didn't, didn't work? I mean, I, you brought your, your daughter, and she was demon-possessed, and the demon didn't even ask questions, he just left. Come on. The deaf couldn't even hear my voice, but he hears me now. The blind can see now, you're your son, and all of you are asking, what are you going to make it rain from heaven? Right? You have to believe. You got to believe. You know how you believe though? You believe because the Holy Spirit is in you already. Amen. And you say, Lord, I have your spirit in me. I believe. That's right. I believe. It's not something that you can do with your strength and and exercise like a muscle. It's, It's more like it's in you. It's deep in you. And you say, I believe. And you confess it. Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. I don't know about you, but Jesus knows the word. Let me tell you how he is the word. So he knows the word. So when they said to him, as it is written, it was like preaching to the choir. Preaching to the choir. And whoever said that, thing, God they didn't mention his name. Because we'd still be talking about this person. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus, listen to this man. If you have an angry Jesus in your life, you've got to change your mind about him. He's not angry with you. Come on. He loves you. That's right. You know how you could have answered them? He could have been like, you idiots. What are you talking about? You know, he could have went off on them. But he's so loving and so good and so beautiful. This is how he answers. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you bread from heaven. <laughs> I love the Bible, I'm sorry. I love the Bible. There is no book like the Bible. It's the best selling book of all time.
1: And it's still speaking to us. It's relevant today.
0: He says, most assuredly I see. They didn't say anything about Moses, though. This is what I want you to catch. But he brings up Moses. You know why? Because I hurts a little bit. It's like, Moses did not give you bread from heaven, buddy. But my father now gives you the true bread from heaven. Amen. And he's sending right in front of you. And he says, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Amen. amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Can we give him a hand on that, please? The true bread from heaven. And they said to him, Lord, well, now I'm changed. Lord, give us this bread always. And that's where we need to live right there. Give us this bread always. I'm not talking about actual bread, of course. Because maybe we can eat less of that and more of this bread. Amen? Amen? He says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. This morning he told me, why is there so many people hungry for wealth and fame today? Why is there so many people that are thirsting for luxury and lust? Why? Because they're not eating the bread of life. That's why you are what you eat. That's why we need to eat of Jesus. He wants us, he wants to be a part of us so much that he wants us to eat him, digest him, have him in us. Like the camels, they have like three stomachs, right? And then they eat, and then they bring it back up to chew again. I know that sounds kind of gross. But that's what they do. They put it and they bring it back up, and they chew on it again, and then they digest it again. Oh, that's what he says. Just be digesting and eating me all the time. My words, my spirit, my promises, my grace, my mercy, my love, everything that I have offered you. Eat, eat, eat. It's a buffet. Take advantage. Come on. It's a heavenly buffet. Take advantage. Don't let the things of the world take you in a different place, in a different way. Eat the bread of life. Later on, he tells his disciples, there was a lot of disciples,
1: and he tells them, hey,
0: you guys got to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And they all of them left, except for 12. And that's what God wants, for us to eat of his flesh. What does that mean? Of course it's not literal. That's why they they left, because they thought it was literal. But it is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. His flesh was sacrificed for us, and his blood was spilled for us. And us remembering that every single time is eating the bread of life and what he has done. So I'll remind you once again, of what the, the Israelites said to him. Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven. And he says, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Amen. I think that manna was called what is it? because it was going to be answered by Jesus. And it was going to say, it's Jesus. What is it? It's Jesus, the bread of life. What is it that they were picking up every morning to eat and they didn't understand it? That's why they called it, what is it? It was a shadow of things to come. And now we can say, the true bread from heaven is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So when we begin to eat the bread of life, we will never hunger and never thirst. So let's, let's take advantage of that. Let's, let's come ready to worship to church, ready to hear the word. Let's, let's go home and put these things to practice. Let it not be just an emotional thing where we're kind of in a high, where like, oh my God, that was good, and then we go back to the same thing. No, let's put these things to practice. Let's live these things out. Let's have a relationship with God. Let's eat of the Word. Let's read it. You know, let's enjoy it. You don't have to read ten chapters. You can read one verse. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. And you can ask God and the Holy Spirit about this daily. Show me, Lord, what this means for me. Show me, let me walk in this, Lord. What does this mean for me? Give me those thoughts, Lord, and give me those impressions in my heart of what this means to me. And walk it, and walk it, and meditate, and meditate, and meditate. And you'll see slowly that your life will begin to change. Because now your awareness is not on stuff and issues of life, but on Him.